Before we begin today's episode, we have to give our patrons over at Patreon a quick shout out. They are Aperba, Rock the Green, Nate Hansen of Hansen Screen Printing, Andy Herbrand, Eric Sari, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, and of course, Kelby Goodman, who we apologize for no Russian accents. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sari. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. Remember, this is your weekly dose of the Dairy State. Uh, We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we are discussing a previous employer of one of uh, our hosts here at uh, Wisconsin Drunken History. Uh, We are today discussing the legendary generator manufacturer here in Wisconsin. Right over in Waukesha, you can see their huge, you know, building that they've uh, renovated and, and made you know, one of these top buildings in, in, uh, in, in you know, the, the state of Wisconsin and employers seem to love that building. Oh, yeah. They say it's really nice. So, uh, but, uh, so we're talking about Generac, of course. And uh, for the music segment, we are actually uh, kind of reaching back into the, the history and, and grabbing some songs that are, are maybe a bit older, uh, but just as legendary. Oh, yeah. And, and catchy. And amazing. So uh, today we're actually going to feature music from the Milwaukee band, The Guffs. Uh, many uh, of you probably, you know, probably think they're a one-hit wonder. Smile was such a great tune. They, they like kind of crash into me, uh, yeah. lost along the way. But man, I am a huge really fan of great The Guffs. Nineties, uh, early two thousands tunes, man, just great. Uh, we also have another Brewski review ski, and of course another installation. Of the infamous How Many Logos. Wow. Wow. Uh, So as always, we have to do a quick greasy sales pitch. It wouldn't be an episode if we didn't. You gotta do it. (laughs) If you would be willing, if you could take a few minutes out of your day, uh, go over to uh, either Apple, Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to this podcast, and give us some sort of a review, follow us, hit the uh, subscribe button or whatever you do. Uh, That really just helps in the background of things to get us to a few other ears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, suggestions with other history podcasts. Exactly. So if they, if they're into other history or beer or, you know, other things, Wisconsin, it, it will absolutely suggest our podcast to them. So uh, definitely uh, something that you can do on any one of those platforms in which you listen. Uh, All of those other things, you know, the rate review, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, and then also, if you could spread the word just by mouth. Uh, the freebie. It's it's absolutely one of the best uh, known ways of marketing, and it still is one of the most effective ways. So if you could, that would be great. Share us with all of your friends and family. Uh, also, go to WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com, where you can find uh, basically anything uh, that we do. Uh, our Patreon link is there. You can find out how to uh, financially support this thing that we do and that you love. And uh, we also have our T Public 
which is where we choose to uh, sell our merch at this point. And uh, we've got just about everything. I think so. T-shirts, sweatshirts, koozies, uh, onesies. I know we've been talking someday about stocking our own stuff, maybe doing like a small little Wisconsin tour here. But yeah. And, and as of it, right now, we just can't afford the right. amount. I mean, with the all overhead the overhead to, to be able to sit on something like that in, in all the different sizes and That's things is very difficult. And, you know, even if we were to work with Nate Hansen, which would be our preferred uh, yes. uh, screen printer, uh, he's an absolutely uh, amazing guy. A sponsor of the show. Yeah. And a great, he puts out a great product. I've been in that shop a hundred times. Did you just check out his cool DOS Fest? Yes. Oh my gosh, those I are know. amazing. The leader hosing. Yeah, and Holy they're still. Smokes. I think DOS Fest is still going on today, even. Um, but yeah, so you know, eventually, I think that that's the route we'll go. Uh, but we need just a few more, uh, uh, a little bit more popularity, if you will, in order to do something like that. But we really would appreciate you going to our website and uh, and buying some stuff. That would definitely help. And then. <laughs> Yeah, and thank you so much for all the submissions we've had. We actually have yes. two episodes after this one coming up that were actually suggested to us. And exactly, I couldn't find a lot of information until I went to the library system. And, and holy smokes, is there a massive story you guys are gonna, <laughs> you're going to hear? So yeah, so like Russ said, uh, the other thing that you can do on our website is you can reach out to us. So there's actually a contact us page. Uh, go ahead and type up your email and send it off to us. So if that's a suggestion, if it's a uh, music. a music suggestion, not just a topic for you know history or, or something. Hey, if you have a band and you want us to feature your music, we're all about supporting Wisconsin yeah. local music. So yeah, anything. Per- perfect. So let's go ahead and jump into the uh, the history of this uh, great company called Generac. Yeah. So before I begin, I kind of wanted to say that this was one of my all time favorite jobs. Um, with the cost of gas at the time, I had to quit because of the long drive. It was in Jefferson. I was coming from Rock County, so it was it was it was kind of a haul. And I did yeah. have the priest, but it was still a huge haul for me. And but, putting on the, the you know the miles too. I think you were able to find a job that was much closer to you. Yes. Where you're cutting down on the gas, but also cutting down on the the miles on your car. And I did get a wage increase, too, so that helps. Well, that's always, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's honestly probably the number one reason. But I did help design many of the portable generators you actually see at the shelves on uh, at Farm and Fleet, Menards, basically any type of hardware store throughout the United States. You're going to yeah. see some of my designs. And they, I think Generac actually owns, and maybe we'll touch on it here in the episode later, but they own a lot of the other generator yes. companies, Baldor like Westinghouse and or something like that. Yeah. They produce basically all of it. So if you're you're in the market for some sort of a, a little home standby unit or even just like a little one that you can bring tailgating. A lot of those are actually produced uh, right off the same uh, assembly lines. Yeah, so I ended up helping develop most of the GP series, which is their general purpose generators, the ones that are orange and they have the black sides on them. The GP8000 was kind of my baby. I took that one from the scratch all the way to production. I thought I was your baby. Oh, smokes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my favorite project was the RS or the Rapid Start series. Uh, the wow. RS, not standing for Rossari, but that was my first patent was the power dial through Generac. I do remember when you got that patent and, and uh, you were just the most excited I think I'd seen you since, so, you know, doing music and stuff. So as a nerd myself, like I have quite a few patents. Like one I just actually just got was a compressed yeah. uh, inverted magnetic it's motor. motor yeah. yeah, it's a magnetic motor that can power small homes for free. Um, but there are some issues with it. Obviously, magnets don't hold a permanent status, and they do reach equilibrium. And you so, were using neodymiums, right? So yeah, neodymium, uh, which is really like lightweight, more, very powerful magnet. Um, yeah. You want to keep your cell phones and credit cards far away from that. Yes, thing, so. you do. Um, but 
you know, I miss the culture. I miss the people, especially Steph, Steph Seidbeck, yeah. who is our graphic artist and one of the coolest people. And I've met so many awesome people at that company. And I, I do miss them. And uh, shout out to all my friends there, Paul and, you know, everybody. Mike Mike Rapaski, my boss, who was like the coolest guy. I a, lot mean, of, a lot of good friendships there. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the ma- this great Wisconsin manufacturer now. So we have to start with Robert D. Kern and the beginnings in 1959. Starting in a rural Wisconsin garage is where the company was born. Like many inventions here in Wisconsin, the winters here are long and give us time to develop things. He was 29 when he uh, first asked the Motor Works to start production of a different type of generator to be developed. Of course, they were not going to develop this, so he decided that at 29, he's going to go off on his own and become one of the largest generator manufacturers in the world right he may not have started uh the 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 you know the whole thing like that with that, yes. that mentality but he definitely decided uh, you know at a, at a really crucial age i think for most people 29 yes. is like when you're just getting off your feet and uh and getting started and he decides you know i'm, I'm just gonna go try it yeah i mean at 29 you're kind of settling down now right you exactly. went through those college days and you're ready to kind of just chill yeah, out and and i would imagine that even you know the 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 following five or six years after college a lot of people are just trying to you know get everything in in line and, and still try to find themselves so for the first five years moving from a garage to the electric controls inc which is actually located in wales wisconsin and is a garage today so if you're traveling up 67 you're gonna pass by the old uh generac nice um, then he then moved his company into a renovated dairy barn and renaming his company to Jenner AC Corp, which stands for General AC and was shortened to just Generac, which was again located in Wales, Wisconsin. His company being the first to start to be able to de- develop generators that were affordable and available to the public, which were once reserved for large businesses and power generation where it was required such things as like hospitals, right? Like exactly. You can't have the power go down in a hospital. Exactly. So this development gave him the heads up and he obtained a decades long contract with Sears and Roebuck under the Craftsman name and actually produced the Craftsman generators early on in about the 50s and 60s. And during the 70s, they expanded to the uh, portable generation recreational and vehicle, the recreational vehicle market. And again, they would expand their line in the 80s and produced not only residential, but commercial and industrial generators finding better ways to run these in parallel and running longer than most of the other competition. And the thing that really took off was the home standby systems that they had. And the original one was called Generax Guardian Series, and they became the leader in the market, putting this Wisconsin company on the map. Yeah, I mean, literally, that's, that's you know, what, what you know, especially for this area. I mean, uh, we're, we're sort of in the southern, uh, southern you know, and eastern part of uh, Wisconsin here. Generac employs, you know, so many individuals, uh, within the the kind of the Rock Waukesha County that I mean, it's amazing and it literally did put us on the map. And you know, as an honor, as an, a fellow inventor and engineer, um, I got to meet Robert Kern when they opened up the new plant in Waukesha Holy when they smokes. did the, when they did the timeline, and that was like yeah for me like nerd alert like I that's pretty cool. I am huge into in- inventing. Just if anyone knows, I sculpt, I do all kinds of things in three D for people. Yeah. So hey, hit me up if you need any engineering work because yeah. I, I definitely do it. But in 1992, uh, Generac began private labeling generator sets for the Caterpillar name. And as the partnership grew between the two companies, they discussed the potential acquisition of Generac by Caterpillar. Although the deal was never finalized. And in June 1996, uh, Caterpillar actually decided to terminate the private labeling agreement. And then Generac sued Caterpillar under the Wisconsin Fair, Fair Dealerships Law, the Sherman Antitrust Act. And the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Common Council... Um, basically 
turn this around and eventually they did settle on something there and it ended up actually going to the u.s uh, seventh uh, circuit court of appeals which ruled that generax claims were properly dismissed by the lower courts because originally in wisconsin they said there there was no antitrust law here but they brought it to the seventh council and actually yeah. got that agreement turned around so they did end up having to pay generac yeah and i'm sure this took a little bit of time too to, oh, yeah. to actually sort out yeah and and i do believe they still supply um some transfer switches to caterpillar i'm not sure how much that really works but so for those that don't know a transfer switch kind of sits outside your home and if you have a power out you hit the transfer switch and start your generator and it'll switch back to the generator power exactly so it takes power from your main box generally in your basement or whatever and flips everything over to the generator so that way uh, you know, in those, you know, deep power outages, you can still run everything in your house off of that. And then in 1998, so the location I worked at was the Jefferson where the portables were made and Generic, Generic actually sold its portable product division to the Beacon Group, a private e- equity firm who later sold it to Briggs and Stratton. Um, and they were actually producing Briggs and Stratton there for a long time. Sure. And Generac ended up buying that building back. It's huge. It's like a 21,000 square foot building. It's a massive floor. Yeah. If you go <laughs> through Jefferson, you're, you're definitely going to see it. Yeah. And upon um, expiration of the non-compete agreement related to the sale of the 2007, Generac re-entered the portable generator market in 2008 and bought back the Jefferson, Wisconsin location, as stated before, for a discount, too, actually. Wow. And it actually, I think it was actually called Briggs Lane or something. They changed it back to Generac Way, where wow. the factory's located, I believe. Which That's is, pretty funny. Yeah. So in late 2006, Generac was purchased by CCMP, uh, capital of New York, um, obviously going public here. And, uh, yeah, they, they pretty much went public right away. And unfortunately I wasn't there when they first started. Cause that stock went up massive. I was I mean, just going to say, if I'd you be were, rich. I'd be, if, I'd be out. If you were there on the ground floor and you got it for, you know, whatever, $10. When I first started, oh man. Skyrocketed. Oh, and so the thing with Generac stock, if you ever want to watch it, watch for like a hurricane or some kind of natural disaster and watch that stock just it's rise. It's just, you, if you get, if you put stock in before and you know, there's going to be a nasty hurricane, put, put your money in that stock. It's going to go up. This yeah. is not insider trading here. This is just standard stock information. Here. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's cyclical. So with, uh, with generators and, and that's with, uh, you know, uh, individual disasters here in the United States or anywhere around the entire world, uh, they produce and send, and manufacture like pretty much all of them. So yes. uh, anytime there is a natural disaster, like you said, uh, number one, uh, it's going to be, you know, hopefully powered by something Generac and something Wisconsin produced. But also uh, all the employees are working like m- many hours oh, to yeah. try to produce those things. And so if you want to go back and learn more about the stock, you can pretty much go back years and look at when Sandy hit. Look at when there's been these fires that have happened in California and just watch them just skyrocket. Yeah. It's not insider trading because this spike. is like this is literally the history of the stock. You can see yeah. it after every disaster. The thing has gone up yeah. unbelievable amounts. It's crazy. So today, the headquarter company is located in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and has locations throughout the state, including the home standby line in Watwater, Portables in Jefferson, Industrial in Eagle, the purchase of Baldor in Oshkosh, and the Magnum Light Towers, which are located in Berlin, Wisconsin, which you're going to see at like every construction site, pretty much. Yeah. They have those big light towers. And the company continues to be the leader in power generation. And with all the disasters and issues, the world shows no sign of slowing down. So this stock is just going to keep increasing. So you want to know what? Put your money in the Generac. I'm going to throw it out there. I was just going <laughs> to say, even even with uh, things like solar, that didn't do anything to to 
hinder the sales. It, it actually helped it. I mean, Generac kind of flows with those times yes. and utilizes uh, solar power generators as well. So, I mean, they've really sort of uh, bend and, and shifted to uh, all the different types of technology that are there today. And Aaron Yagfeld is actually the great, like one of the greatest CEOs I've ever worked for. I mean, he came from UW Whitewater and just wow, an amazing, yeah, wow. and he, just an amazing person. I mean, he took that company and like now it's you know, really multi-billion. Oh yeah. And multi-billion dollar company. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's actually on the stock market. So that's just saying something see. right there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they also do a lot of like um, services that they offer too. When there is disasters, they have something called the uh, boots on the ground where they'll actually go to these disasters and help people get their generators up and operational. And I was actually fortunate for one year they I was elected to be on that committee, which was awesome. Cause I mean, I ended up going to um, Eagle where they do their training seminars and I was, I got qualified for the portables and fixing home standbys, which was really cool. And then we had a service truck where we could go anywhere in the United States that was facing. Uh, and you've got, you know, numerous replacement parts yeah. you know, to be oh, able yeah. to service any of the products in their line. So that's awesome. And yeah, it's just another amazing Wisconsin company to cover here on the podcast. And, and, and so many of my friends, you know, Russ, you used to work there. But, you know, Lucas, uh, uh, Ethan, yeah. Bill, uh, all these people that, that I know from high school uh, have all been working there now for, you know, damn near a decade or more. And, and, uh, they, you know, there's a reason that they've been there that long. Not only have they not necessarily climbed the corporate ladder, if you will, but there's so much advancement opportunities within Generac that, you know, that they, they really love to just promote within and, and, you know, whether or not you went to school and have a degree in a certain thing, if you've proven yourself, uh, you know, worthy and capable and, and able, they're they're gonna they're gonna hire you. They're gonna oh, yeah. give you a, a fair look, and you know that that means maybe you started at the home standby in Whitewater, and now you're working out in Waukesha because you're some sort of manager for like their call center or uh, you know the, the the boots on the ground stuff. Uh, maybe you are now a technician because of all the the work that you've done on the lines. I mean, you know those rotors and stators inside and out. So who better than to go out there? And be able to uh, service these things. Yeah, and I got to give a shout out to you for the call center. Uh, Ronnie is one of the most amazing women when it comes to the call center. She handles that thing like a champ. Like, and I'm sure that it's it, it can't be easy. Oh, no. I mean, if you get a call, somebody's angry, right? So dealing with that, I'm sure you have to mute your phone a couple times because there's probably some F-bombs and, you know, you know the language that comes out in call centers. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and she's just incredible. She handles that so well. And she's just a great person too. Customer so. service is, is definitely a very difficult thing and it takes a very specific person to be able to navigate that and handle it. And uh, like you said, I think Generac does have one of the, the, the best state-of-the-art you know, uh, uh, call centers and the individuals that they hire there for those things uh, go through a rigorous training to be able to handle that stuff. Yeah, and I was out, you know, they do a, a company picnic every year too. And yeah. one of my favorite ones was the brewer game. I ended up meeting some of the brewers while I was there, which was awesome. Hell and yeah. I and I got to, I got to give uh Bernie a, a, a knock kiss. too. Oh, I gave him a smooch. Yeah, I gave him a kiss. Oh yeah, I, I want right to know on his mustache. You don't want to know what goes on in the dugout, bud? Behind, I know. Open Bernie's clubhouse, buddy. I mean, it's basically like a, you know, a little hotel room you can rent for an hour. You, you want you want a mustache ride? Bernie's <laughs> <Yeah>. waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Let me slide down into that beer. But that's going to conclude today's segment. I hope you guys found it very enjoyable. And uh, hey, if you're looking for a job, Generic is usually hiring, hiring. And it's, it's the greatest place to work. 
All right, so as we discussed at the top of the episode, we sort of teased it a bit. We are going to go back to the uh, the annals of history and grab a band and a song that I think you know perfectly encapsulates uh, the late '90s, early 2000s Milwaukee music scene. Uh, and and we're going to play a song by the Guffs. Oh, yeah. You got to play the Guffs. So in the 90s, I remember driving around Milwaukee, and this song would come on. My mom cranked this sucker. The Guffs, like, I've seen them at um, the Burlington Chocolate Fest. Yeah. Before they, like, hit Atlantic City Records. They were a smaller band then. And we, you and I have seen them, I think, at... Uh Gosh, uh, uh, one of the smaller venues in Milwaukee, yeah, too. Yeah, be, like before they took off, which was awesome. Now, I mean, now they recorded at Smart Studios, this album yeah. that we're going to play for you today, and they went to Atlantic Records, which is huge. I mean, they were That's like, big. they were massive back then. And um, I hope some of you guys remember this. Maybe it'll yes. bring some back nostalgia factor of like early 90s I, Milwaukee. Mid- I feel like we will. And I 90s feel like, Milwaukee. You know, hey, if this if this brings you back at all, please reach, reach out to us and let oh, us yeah. know. Uh, you know, what What hearing this song, you know, maybe 20, 30 years later uh, does for you. Oh, my you know? God. That that intro, the opening hi-hat. It's, it's just super a, open oh, hi-hat. God, yeah. It's so good. And, so, uh, yeah, today we're playing the Guffs Smile. Yeah.
All right. Nostalgia all over the Nostalgia. place. Nostalgia. Just goosebumps, <laughs> man. It is. I, it's awesome. The Guffs are, uh, especially the song Smile, very cool. Just a totally like unique sound at the time, and it just brings me right back. And I love it. Every single time I hear it, I'm just absolutely in love with the sound. Yeah, I'm hoping I can post one of my uh, tributes to the band, too, because I did a couple yeah. covers of them, and I, I love the Guffs. So I've done a few covers of them, and I'll post them on our social media. So if you guys tune in and check it out. And yeah, absolutely. You know what? Grab this album. The whole album's good front to back. It's amazing. It was put out by Smart Studios, Butch Vig, yep. and uh, ended up getting attention from my Atlantic Records and became a pretty big deal here in Wisconsin. Pretty big deal. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our Wisconsin beverage review. Yes. This time, we, Milwaukee MKE you, Brewery. You got to go for the MKE Brewery today. With this Milwaukee yeah. nostalgia factor going on right now, we got to do it. So we decided on the cold brew nitro stout, the uh, snake oil, which Love is it. amazing brew. Has like that um, nitrous feel to it. Very malty, very Guinness-y, I would say. Yes. Um, and this one's a year-round release. Um, it's uh, coming in at 8% ABV, 18 IBUs, featuring East Kent Golding and Columbus Hops. And the malts, you're, obviously you're getting your caramel right off the bat. Chocolate dark malts coming through, heavy. Like you're getting that coffee flavor, that dark malt. Has that nice pour, like a Guinness too. It has like the little head on it, the little white head. Black, yeah. black as can be, baby. And it's, you know, again, I, I think I've, I've stated a... What, this is episode 116, so I've probably stated this in about 115 episodes. I'm not a huge stout person. It The thicker, darker, um, less hoppy beers, the more malty stuff, I'm not a huge fan of it. And I can get down with this beer. It's it's, it's good and smooth, and like, yeah. it, it tastes good. The can's pretty awesome, too. It has like a sick snake on it yeah. called the snake oil. Freaking sick snake, bro. That thing's an anaconda, brother. Is that a tattoo? <laughs> what is that? Is that a snake that wraps all the way around your fucking leg? That's awesome. <laughs> That's clutch, dude. Let God your mullet dang, hang, You brother. drive a truck, bro. Let your mullet hang, brother. But uh, all jokes aside, uh, this beer is just... An absolute uh, uh, classic, I think, uh, right off the bat. I think this is one of those beers that, like you said, it's a year-round release uh, towards the uh, the fall and winter months when you need a little thicker, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, oil. You to put this in your body. It's great. And you know, if you're in that area too, if you're seeing a Bucks game, stop by the new MKE. It's actually pretty cool. Me and Eric actually filmed a it promo is. down there. It's is really awesome. And it is one of the nicest places inside. Uh, absolutely massive. Uh, behind the bar, if you walk in and you go towards like the left side on the seating area, really cool like atrium thing like outside. But then, if you're in the little area, uh, you can see all the steel tanks, all the stuff that they you know they brew in. Um, I'm not sure if they were fermenters or if they were you know holding tanks or something. But you know the 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 cool part is that you get to see all of it. It's a very industrial kind of inside, uh, big open ceilings. Uh, you can see like the exposed, uh, um, what do they call it? Like the vents and stuff. Everything's just sort of exposed, but just a beautiful building. Oh yeah, and huge. It's absolutely huge. You can like, I think you can rent out spaces uh, for private uh, for private events. And they put a lot of money to that old brewery district now. It's, yeah, it's beautiful down there. Actually, Central Waters just opened up there too, which now. is another one that you know, if if uh, if you head down to that area, that's actually one of the things that I did uh, most recently. The last Buck season, uh, one of my coworkers and I, Rick, uh, shout out Ricky. Um, we went to Central Waters first, grabbed a couple beers, and then walked over to MKE, 
and MKE is just a short walk, only like a couple blocks. And then in the whole time, you're kind of heading back towards the Fiserv anyway. So it's really a cool uh, way to to be able to make your way over to the Fiserv Forum. But uh, once you get into MKE, you know, the nice thing is, like I said, tons of beers. I think they have a full liquor uh, uh, ability as well. So you can have cocktails if you wish. And then uh, uh, the the food is absolutely fantastic. Best chicken tenders I've ever had in my whole life. Really? Absolutely the best. I've had a lot of tenders. And I think and I think Ricky would say the same thing about it. Like him and I and obviously we were probably pretty uh pretty ripped up at this time. Those central water beers are pretty pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. The uh the MKE beers, depending on what you get, they're pretty heavy. Those IPAs, man, they sneak up on you. Yeah, they and do. then all of a sudden the chicken tenders are like I mean, they are, you know, heavenly. You know what though? There's nothing more Milwaukee than a Louis Demise or like a MKE IPA. Like they're classics in the city. Tell me about know? it, man. And like Third Space, Happy Place. Like those are like Milwaukee staples. Louis Resurrection. Oh yeah, uh, where, where they take Louis Demise and they put it, they age it in a fucking bourbon barrel or whatever it is from. Uh, um, where are you getting those barrels from? You trying to think? Oh, yes. Um, uh, we talked to them at a Mobcraft about them too. Yeah, um, I can't remember where hell. they're from. Right in that same area yep. of uh, Walker's it's like, Point. Oh, uh, uh, Great Lakes Distillery. Yes, GLD. Yep, they, yep, they use a GLD barrels. But yeah, just amazing. Um, if you get a chance, stop out at MKE. Grab Snake Oil. It's pretty much on most of the shelves. I've seen it at Woodman's, and uh, you're, you're pretty much your classic liquor bigger, stores. Yeah, bigger liquor stores, the ones that, you know, probably not going to pick and save and seeing it, but uh, if you go to a dedicated liquor store or beer store, you're definitely going to see it. Yeah, or <laughs> this is the most Midwest Woodman's thing, a Piggly yeah. Wiggly. I saw it at Piggly Wiggly up in yeah. uh, it's central Wisconsin actually that it at yeah. the pig. So Shop the Pig. Piggly Wiggly. Ooh, shop, shop the pig. pig. Yeah. Ooh, that was pretty good, Eric. So, it wasn't that great. It was bad. <clears throat> I All had right. a very late night last night. You and um, Sons of Leroy played at my band Sons of Leroy played at uh, a bar in Milton called Lucy's Hideaway. We played from eight to midnight. Um that was my first midnight show. In probably 15, 16 years uh, since the last time you and I played somewhere. Yeah. And uh, uh, the band and I were talking about it. We've got two two members of the band who are uh, like in their 60s. And then uh, the, the other two members, myself and Adam, are uh, kind of in our late uh, or mid 30s. Not late 30s. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm, I'm aging myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was rough. And my voice is, is a little bit harsh. I only sing two songs. And I'll tell you what, man. Getting older and not really conditioning or or, or working my vocals is uh, oh, is yeah. paying is paying a big toll. You know, this morning I ended up having uh, some PBR seltzers last night, which were like nine percent. So it's I ended up I been, sneaky bastards. So on the way here to the podcast today, I ended up stopping at the Hygia Spring, yeah, which is in uh, Waukesha, Big Bend. And uh, I had a bathe in the Lake Minnetonka of Wisconsin, the Hygia Springs, man. I was like, covered in like... Wash your sins. I was I was covered in chicken poop, like just gross. I was like hung over, so I had three bottles of water down there while I was sitting down there. Yeah. But uh, I feel much better now with some mineral water in my guts. So. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the nice thing is you go down to one of those springs like that, any of those natural springs in, in Wisconsin. One of the episodes coming up, too, we're going to talk more about that, yes. actually. So stay tuned for yeah. sure. All right, so definitely go out and get yourself some of that MKE snake oil. It wraps around your leg. It's the coolest tattoo ever. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for a chat. How many logos you have? 
All right, folks, you know what that means. It's that time for the wrestling voice to come out. We are at the uh, how many locals segment you at, brother? Ow. Yeah. What do you got today? Eric? Yeah, so this one's a real recent and real relevant. Uh, oh, yeah. We have these issues a lot in the Wisconsin area, especially in the Milwaukee area. So this one uh, has a title that says, Wrong Way Driver Arrested Following Crash on I-43 Construction Zone. Uh, this was uh, near the northbound and southbound lanes, uh, Capitol and Silver Spring, kind of that area. So we're seeing the picture right up front. There is a Chevy. Is that an Arcadia? Equinox, I It's think. an Equinox just tucked between a couple trusses. And, and it's like, like the structural trusses it's about before like 30, there's ever any concrete. It's like 30 feet down, too. And he got yeah. pinched, luckily, between the two trusses. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, so let's hear this one. A, a 28-year-old man was arrested Sunday morning after crashing into a construction zone along Interstate 43. This was around 5.15 a.m. And uh, the Milwaukee County Sheriff's deputies were asked to respond for a wrong-way driver call who entered I-43 at National Avenue heading north on the southbound lanes. Uh, which obviously north on the southbound lanes not, not a good, a good no, idea. There's there's a there's a local story. In yeah, there, so. you can you can blaze your own path, but not this time. The driver ended up crashing near Capitol Drive, where his silver SUV was wedged in between some steel beams. <laughs> and uh, essentially, there is no concrete for this road just yet. Uh, it is uh, under construction very heavily. So. Uh, in quotes, I know looking down from the traffic cams, it doesn't look stable, but there were definitely things holding it in place so that we could have, uh, in effect, uh, you know, do rescue. a rescue. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that definitely was never any, any real concern that this thing was just going to slip and fall and, 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 you know, nobody was going to be severely injured. So, uh, but all lanes of I-43 between Capitol and Silver Spring were closed for several hours following this crash. So it really delayed a lot of stuff. I bet. And especially at 5.15 in the morning. That's that's morning rush hour. Uh, the man is accused of operating while intoxicated and second-degree recklessly endangering safety, uh, said the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. So, so this is all we have. We don't have any numbers. Uh, we know it's a 28-year-old male. Uh, and We don't uh, have the blood level, but he did get no. an OWI. And Obviously, he's going... South on a on a northbound lane, I know, or north it, on a southbound lane. Exactly. So. so it's it's a really bad situation. Here's the problem. Not only is he going the wrong way, he's also going down a thing that doesn't even have a road. It is currently just structural beams awaiting <laughs> like rebar and concrete and all of the other things that make a road. So we've got a real situation here oh yeah we get we got an interesting owi here um and i so feel do, do personally they, how do you think they got this vehicle you think they had to use a crane because he's i mean he's wedging those has beams. to be a crane th- yeah you, i don't know any other way you could get that yeah, thing out so. yeah um i would absolutely imagine we're talking about a crane with uh you know like a two or three point harness around different points of the vehicle it's already in pretty rough shape uh to- it's absolutely totaled but you can see that they have the uh, back, the rear hatch open, uh, the, the the trunk, if you will. And uh, the, the back window is shattered of that. But they have it open, so you know that that's probably how they made the rescue. They probably had to pull the individual out using some sort of, uh, um, what, what do they call that, like a crotch harness or something. Yeah. This pull the individual back up using, you know, the fire department trucks or something like that. But then in order to remove the vehicle from those uh, structural supports, probably some sort of crane luckily uh caterpillar makes those cranes down there too <laughs> well i was just gonna say you know you've got luckily, close no, by, no yeah. shortage of crane manufacturers yeah, yeah. in the state of wisconsin <laughs> so uh this is definitely a 
in my opinion, some sort of a higher loco because yeah, you, you've missed a few things. First of all, you missed the fact that you're getting on the highway the wrong way, and then you've also missed all of the construction signs that say "Don't go here," and then you didn't even see that there wasn't a road. Like, I mean, what is this like an oasis? Like, I mean, it's it's five a.m. too, so he must have been drinking all night and heading back home. So I don't know. I I'm not. Sure I would imagine that that yeah. So I think you're you you've you've hit on something important there. Probably was out till bar closed, 2, 2.30, and then probably decided to, to carry it on a bit. You know, probably had some, uh, maybe even some real four locos in, in uh, you know, the the tall cans. There may, have been, there may have been loco involved. I, you I, know. I, I really feel like this might be one of those situations. He's at that age where there could still be some loco in this. Anyway. Exactly. So you that's know? the thing. You know, 28 years old is pivotal. It's, okay. still, it's still a possibility. So... Let's break this down. 28-year-old, drunk driving, ends up between a couple trusses. Yeah. Not good, right? So what? where are you going? Do you want to go on 3-2-1? I kind of have a number in mind. Yeah, I think... Okay. Uh, let me just... Uh, let me ponder for just two more seconds. Okay. You ready? I think I've got something here. 3-2-1-21. Oh, so we're, nice. We're yeah, on. we're close. So 20 and a half locos on this yeah. guy here. You got to go with the half here. You got to go with the... T- the half, the half loke. Yeah, you got to go with the half loke. One little sip, and and that was the thing that put him over. Yep. So, Eric, do you want to sound the? Uh, I'll I'll law, bang the wood. Do you want to law and order this moth? I'm gonna law and order this bitch. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.